You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. Let's, let's turn in our Bibles really quick to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We had an amazing trip. I'm just telling you, um, we, we, we took video of the whole thing, we, and we just, I just did not have time to put together the kind of video that it deserved. Um, we're moving this weekend uh, to Arizona. No, I'm just kidding. We're moving to, um, <laughs> just kidding. We're moving like 1.3 miles away to another house in Tualatin, a bigger house. When you have seven footers in your house, it's good to have a bigger house. Amen. Amen. So we got a bigger house and we're moving this weekend. Um, but we do have a video at some point that just it show, shows kind of what these trips are all about. And when you get an opportunity um, to go on the next one, go on the next one. It was phenomenal. Okay, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. This was, this was stirred in my spirit as we were singing about Jesus this morning. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. Amen? Oh, come on, 11 o'clock. That was so weak. Hey, I know that you're not camping physically, but don't be camping mentally right now either, okay? We're here, amen? We're, we are few, but we are mighty this morning. Hallelujah. Okay. So when we started singing about Jesus and, and, and the supremacy of Jesus and Jesus... Um, I speak Jesus, that last song. And then, and then I tell you, whenever Lixie gets going like that, that's like the Holy Spirit's. I mean, that was fire, Lixie. When you get off the keyboard and start dancing around here, it's my favorite. Um, do that more. And we're singing about Jesus. And, and, and Pastor Bob so, so eloquently put it that we are, when we focus on Jesus, that the, every other thing has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, and so there's something about fixing our eyes on Jesus. There's a simplicity and a centrality to the person of Jesus that I just felt so drawn back to this morning. And being in Mexico, I'll just tell you, it brought me back to the simplicity of Jesus. It brought me back to, you know, with my, my relationship with Heather, there's a lot going on in our world. There's a lot going on in our life. There's, there's lots of forms that have to get filled out. There's lots of things that have to be applied for right now with college happening. And there's, you know, there's lots of you know, when you're moving, there's lots of paperwork. There's lots of changing address. Is that one of the most annoying things on the planet? So, and starting all the new stuff and new accounts. And so there's, there's a lot going on. And there's like, you know, we, we need to work out today. And we need to start eating better. And we need to, there's like all these things happening in our life. We need to have time. I, I need to meet with more people in the church. We need to spend more time with our kids. We need to, like we're getting all these messages. And they're all good messages. And they're, they're all right and proper in their own place. And, and sometimes it's like, oh, hey, remember that we're in love? How many know what I'm talking about? Hey, remember that like I couldn't get enough of being with you? Like we would breathe on the phone? No, you hang up. You hang up. One, two, three. Are you still there? 
Every waking second, I wanted to be with her. She, she didn't know at first that I liked her, and she worked at, a, at this shop that sold, um, was, was it was Lata 258, right? And it sold like Alaska trinkets and Russian trinkets up, up, in, up in Juneau to the tourists. And, you know, the tourists will buy like $30,000 uh, nesting dolls, $15,000 nesting dolls. It's bizarre. And these Russian um, lacquer boxes, you know, and all these things. And, and so I kept coming into her store, you know, and I, I would come into Latitude 58 and, and she didn't get the hint. And someone's like, hey, Heather, I think, I think he really likes you. And... She remembers thinking, does he really like Russian nesting dolls that much? <laughs> Had nothing to do with the Russian nesting dolls. It was about Heather. And there was a falling in love, and there was a simplicity about that season of our life where it was literally just about spending time with her. And so we have to, in our, in our life, in our schedule, we have to recalibrate and say, okay, we need to get away, just the two of us. We need to go on a date night. We need to go to dinner. We need to just the two of us to reconnect. How many know what I'm talking about? By the way, you've got to do this in your marriage. You have to reconnect. You have to be intentional about it. And so I just, I felt this morning just a simplicity of the gospel and a centrality. It's the centrality of Jesus. It's, it's the simplicity of Jesus. Now, don't take that the wrong way. We will never, ever, ever see the fullness of the Godhead or have the full revelation, I, I don't even believe for eternity, we're going to be seeing new glimpses of God for eternity, new glimpses of Jesus. You know, the elders, they would, they would say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they would fall to their knees and then they would look again and they would, it would repeat the cycle. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. Because why? They would see a new facet of his glory, of his goodness, of his grace, of his love, of his mercy. It was an infinite wisdom of ever, you know, and so when I say simplicity, there's, a, but there is a simplicity of relationship. There's a simplicity of, of, of mission. There's a simplicity that I believe that the Lord's taking us back to. And, uh, even in a, just a, a conversation I was having with pastor Jenny a few days ago, it was like, we, we both felt like this is a slow down to speed up season slow down to speed up. What do I mean by that? It's, it's identifying what, where is God taking us as a church and what are the things that we need to have in place as a church to handle the kind of growth that God is bringing us. Amen. And so when we were in Mexico, what hit me was, it was the simplicity of the ministry. It was that the pastors, there was, there was local pastors, um, you know, again, we thought we were going just to work with kids and we were going to go, you know, Andrew, they, we, we thought we were just going to go and Sarah, we're just going to go work with the, these kids that have been, you know, um, rescued out of sex trafficking and all this thing. But when we get there and, and they were on the first trip and, and we get there and it's like the first five days we're actually kind of at their missions headquarters which is an amazing, it's an old hotel that's like dilapidated that got like ruined in a storm. And so they were able to buy it. And now they're remodeling this, this old resort. It's, it's just amazing. Like our accommodations were fantastic. And they, um, 
So we would go from there every day and we would go into the local churches with the local pastors. There's a whole group of local pastors that have been raised up through discipleship. We met people that were the book that April had by Britt Hancock. We met people in that book. We met the the man who raised his grandson from the dead. We met the grandson. They played basketball with the grandson. You know, it's like these, we met the Constantine who was the first disciple um, that Brit ever led to the Lord. Uh, Fernando, somebody that just thought Brit was a crazy man, very successful businessman in Mexico and, and thought Brit was crazy. He's one of the leaders. He's one of the pastors now. And so there was, but the simplicity of of just hopping on a motorcycle or a truck, they've got a fleet of trucks. And as they they, um, show themselves to be um, in in this discipleship process, Mountain Gateway checks out trucks to these local pastors and lets them go into the villages and help take care of the people. So you got these F-250s and you got all these, you got these like uh, like dump truck looking things with these bars on the middle and they stuff it full of people so they can take them around. They can take them to services. They can take them to, it's it's amazing. I mean, we were at one house and I, I was like telling the guy, I said, this is a great motorcycle. And, and uh, it was like, oh, that's Mountain Gateways. They just checked it out to me. So now I have access to this motorcycle to go out and tell people about Jesus. There was such a simplicity. Like their worship band was a guy on a guitar. Not in what I would call in tune. Not a great guitar. In fact, the collective church, you all helped. We brought down a guitar. So I played guitar, Taylor played guitar in the, in the house churches with, with, with you know whoever was leading worship. And... Um, They'd look at Taylor and say, muy gigante. And look at Ashton. They were like, they were just dumbfounded by Ashton and Taylor. And, um, but they, we, we gave one of the pastors the guitar. So you, you helped give a guitar. So it was amazing. And they, he cried and he was like, this is the exact guitar I wanted. I've been asking for it. And of course the Holy Spirit led us to buy that very guitar. And, and, uh, it was amazing. But, um, so we'd go and they would sing like, the same songs over and over again. And it wasn't like Tiffany leading worship or Heather leading worship or Lixie. And it's old songs and just over and over again. And um, there wasn't lights. There wasn't, they didn't have screens. They, but there was a simplicity where it was like, it was like they knew their mission as a church was to see people come to know Jesus, and then disciple them. That was it. And it was, can I just tell you how refreshing it was? It wasn't like, it was, and it was to see them get whole and free in the discipleship process. And by the way, you know, we'd be in a meeting and somebody would start to, to get free and they would start to go through freedom. And what was so cool was seeing people react the same way that they, that they react here at the altar and they hadn't been through a Danny McDaniel seminar. Do you know what I'm saying? They had been through a deliverance seminar. And, and to see people going, oh, you know, and, and like, okay, up and out in Jesus' name. Let's, you know, we're taking authority over things. And, and it was like, what's true in a village in the middle of the jungles of Mexico is true 
in Tigard, Oregon in 2022. You know what I'm saying? Like Holy Spirit's on the move. So I was just like, I saw this level, there was this, this, this like frontline level of pastors that had all been discipled and raised up. And then underneath them, you could tell the, the next level of leadership of guys that were starting, that they were bringing up to the next level of leadership. Then you could, under that, you could see, and I was asking Jacob, I was like, I was like, I was like, I can see who the next level of leadership is. You know, the guy like three levels down, and levels is a t- terrible word, but you hear what I'm saying, right? They're just in the process of discipleship and in, 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 in their ministry journey. Um, they would get the microphone, or not even the microphone, because you don't need a microphone in a room this big um, to speak. And we, 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 sli- we, how many people were in some of those rooms? 50? In, in this tiny, like, little most of the, most of the size of like our entryways to our homes and and you know stuffed in there and it was amazing um and so but they would get up they would get up and they would share, share you know and they would be a little bit more nervous cuz they you know and they would share something and be super 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 good and then you would see maybe the the regional pastor minister and then you could tell the authority of Julian as he would start to minister and and i just brought me back i was like okay god cuz let me just, let me just, I'm sharing from my heart this morning of what I saw and what I'm feeling. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to read some scripture Then we're going to go home and then I'm going to finish moving and I'll post my address if you feel led to come help me lift heavy things. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, what did I say I was going to do first? My heart. Yes. My heart. Yeah, so we're we, no, we're we're in a culture, and I want I want you to really really listen right now. We're in a culture at the collective church that is unique, and and there's a DNA. There's something special that, and not that we're we're not. You hear what I'm saying? There's, but God's doing something special through through collective, through her voice, through Tetelestai, through through the people that are that are a part of this this movement, and. There's a lot of, I mean, I can't tell you how many text messages I get a week. You've got to read this book. Oh my gosh, listen to this podcast. Oh my word, did you hear Nate Johnson's word today? Did you see Lana Voster, what Lana Voster posted? Did you see what Lance Wallnow said? Did you read Lance Wallnow's new book? Did you listen to this podcast? Did you hear Stephen Furtick's latest word? Did you hear did Bill Johnson? Did you hear Bill Johnson? Did you watch this? Did you watch? And, and because why? Because we're excited. We're excited about what God's doing. Did you go to this conference? We all need to be here. Well, let's go to this conference. And, and Friends, that is good and that will continue. But if it takes our eyes off of Jesus, then that's where we have to recalibrate. That's where we got to go back to date night. That's where we got to go on a little getaway and get reconnected and to recalibrate one with another and to get our heartbeats back syncopated together. Does that make sense? And so in all of this, like the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of our assignment, and listen, your main assignment as a believer is not like my... our. Our main assignment as believers is not cross the island. Our, which, our, you know, our sexual integrity ministry. Our main uh, directive as believers is not to pastor the collective church. Our main directive is not, 
our main directive as believers is Matthew chapter 28, is go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's actually, before anything else, that's our main directive. Before anything else is, excuse me, intimacy with the, with the Father, intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with the Godhead. It's like April said, it's being in tune with the Holy Spirit. And then what follows out of that is the Great Commission. It's, it's our assignment as believers on the day-to-day. And what I saw in Mexico reminded me of the simplicity of the gospel, where they're just going in and they're, they're saying, listen, y'all, you're in darkness And if you don't want to be in darkness anymore, you can be in light. Jesus came to set you free and then shared the simplicity of the gospel message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And that message is is not, that's not a JV message. That's not like, okay, that's a great message, and now let's go on to the bigger and better things. No, actually, that is the centrality of the message. Now, we have all of the other things that God does in our life. We have the prophetic. We have gifts. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have words of knowledge. We have dreams. We have all these different things. We have assignments. We have ministries. We have crossed the island. We have all the different conferences, and all those things, are, but they're designed to build line upon line, precept upon precept on our faith. And they're never, ever, ever to take the place of. Does that make sense? And so if we ever find ourselves, if you ever find yourself feeling behind or you're feeling FOMO, like there's a big group, um, which maybe explains some of the open seats right now, but there's a big group right now from the collective church in Dallas, Texas at a conference. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't some FOMO this weekend. Shannon, Shannon's a seven on the old Enneagram. We're fellow sevens. There was some FOMO. They're like, greatest weekend ever posting. And I'm like, I'm helping my wife move. Well, my family. She says she's helping me. Is that mine? Did I hand it to you? Oh, mine's over here. And, and so, if, but if we're not careful, it's like, wait a second, that's not, that's, I actually still have access to Jesus. I have access to the presence of God. I can actually have an encounter with Jesus and the word, which is Jesus, in the morning. Because he speaks to me through his word. And, and, and he's the giver of dreams. The dream, it's not amazing to have a dream. It's amazing that it's about Jesus. And Jesus gives us dreams. But again, we don't, we don't worship the dream. We worship Jesus. And the dreams are subject to the word of God. This is the Rosetta Stone that everything goes through. It has to pass through this. And so I just was like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me get back to really seeing people, because Jesus said this. He, he only, Jesus didn't say much about what to pray. I mean, we have the Lord's Prayer. Um, the, you know, in John chapter 16, there's some instructions on prayer. And then we have um, where he says, but uh, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. Because why? Because the, the harvest is plenty but the workers are few. It's ripe. It's white unto harvest. And so we get back. 
and, and I'll just tell you one thing that, that really that really impacted me as well on the trip was that we would be in a group. Like we were at this guy. His name is Fernando. And, um, and just an amazing family. Just a beautiful, beautiful family. And uh, again, major, major leaders. And they just served us so, so well. And we're there. And there was another guy that had gotten saved that day, also named Fernando. There's a lot of Fernandos. And his daughter's name was Fernanda. So he liked his name a lot. And so he gave it Fernanda to his daughter. And his daughter, Fernanda, was dating Fernando's son, Fernando. So there was like three Fernandos and a Fernanda. And it was, try to keep that one straight. And so, but this family... The, you know, the parents had gotten saved. And so here we are, and they're just, we're testifying. We're just having this cool session. We're sitting around. He's telling stories of what God has done, miracles, all the things. And um, like his son couldn't read. And, and one day his son just picked up the word of God. And I can't remember what, what chapter or verse it was. Psalms 23. He, he began to read Psalms 23. And literally the Lord just like taught him to read like this. Like, there's just some amazing, amazing things. And so, but Jacob, Britt's son, just looks at these two girls, and he's like, do you know Jesus? Because they had just sat through this whole thing, and both of them were like, he's like, have you ever accepted Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior? And they were like, no. He's like, would you like to do it right now? Now would be a great time. And he was just so direct, because that's what life is about as a missionary, but here's the reality, we're all missionaries. So his life on the mission field is to see people be saved, set free, healed, and delivered, and then discipled into maturity so that they themselves can lead people to Jesus and disciple people. That's how this works. In Western culture, it's I'm gonna bring people to church and hopefully the church has enough programs that they can get involved. Well, the church didn't have enough programs. Sorry, they fell through the cracks. I'll tell you, last week, Heather and I led a couple to the, to the Lord, a, a brand new um, young couple, just been married for a few years, and we led them to Jesus last week. And it wasn't, it, I really think the trip impacted me where it was like, we started going into the marriage and the things that are going on in the marriage, and then I was like, wait, 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 have you received Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior? Because all this other stuff ain't going to matter. All this other stuff, it's not going to matter. If the foundation and the centrality isn't Jesus, it's not built on Jesus. And so I said, would you guys like to receive Jesus? And wouldn't you know it, the Holy Spirit had been drawing them to himself. He had been drawing them so, I mean, I can't wait till you hear the, the testimony from this couple. Holy Spirit had been drawing, in fact, the Holy Spirit had been drawing her her whole life, but her mother was an atheist, and so her mother did everything in her power to keep her away from Jesus. I mean, her mother was just, without knowing it, was being an operative of the enemy. And, and so she would try to, you know, lean into things of the Lord, and her mom would just shut her down. Nope. No, Easter is about bunnies. It's not about Jesus. Christmas is about gifts. It's not about Jesus. Stop it. And so the Lord had been drawing them, but they got saved. And now it, it is our responsibility, not, not Bob. Hey, Bob, now can you meet with this couple? No, the responsibility now is that Heather, or excuse me, God has given Heather and I now the responsibility, the privilege really, of discipling this couple. 
You know, we, I mean, giving someone their first Bible and they're just like, whoa. And then we, I took a bunch of post-it notes and put it through and said, here's, here's all the scriptures I want you to read this week. And then the next day, him texting me and saying, and saying, oh my word, and he would, he text the scripture, and then he, and then he texts me what the Lord spoke to him through the scripture. And it was like, I was like, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. I mean, it's cool to get slain in the spirit. It's cool to get a prophetic word. Are those, those are amazing, but ultimately those are tools to propel the harvest forward. Ultimately those are tools to see the kingdom of God expand and not just as, as fun toys that we have as, as believers and we gather together and we, we prophesy over one another and we do those things. Now, does God allow us to do that? Yes. God, God gave us food and he lets us enjoy it. Hallelujah. There just could be these blocks of like some stuff and we just eat them and it's just to keep us alive. That's how God could have done it. But God made food enjoyable. He also made his presence enjoyable. He also made the prophetic enjoyable. Words of knowledge, it, it encourages us, it blesses us, it edifies, it builds us up. But ultimately it was given because the fields are ripe unto harvest. So I'm praying that the Lord would recalibrate my heart I say, God, what, what is the most important? What The centrality is Jesus. The centrality is Jesus. It's not about more information that I can glean, more information that I can learn, but it's about knowing him more and more. It's about knowing Jesus more and more. Somebody say amen. Come on, 11 o'clock. Uh, Colossians 1.15 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme it is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the, in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, rulers, kingdoms, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and holds all creation together. Christ is also head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everyone in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Amen. Now go, now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Do you remember where you were when Jesus found you? Do you remember? Do you remember where you were when he rescued you? I know a lot of your all stories. I'll start calling you out if you don't start amening me. Seriously, I know a lot of your all stories. Addiction. Infidelity. Darkness. Drugs. Alcoholism. Mental illness, without hope, living in hell. I've been in. I was at some of y'all's houses when you had the re, when you had God come in and, and do the reset. I felt the oppression in your houses. I was there. I'm looking around. You stay this quiet. I'm gonna start calling you out. I'm telling you. 
some of y'all walked through hell. You felt hell in your body. There was a void. We cannot, listen, we cannot forget where Jesus found us, when he found us. We cannot forget. We cannot forget. I'm telling you, there was, it was such a juxtaposition of, of emotions when we were at the, the rehab facility. Because here we, we here were with these kids in the rescue center. Nicole's rescued over 1,000 kids. And there was about 45 when we were there. And, and she gets them, you know, into college. And she gets them, you know, is trying to get them into... Um, really fantastic adoption situations and it's just amazing the work that they're doing. We're with these kids who have been um, trafficked sexually and you know we heard we heard things that that I just I I can't even you can't you can't even fathom friends you cannot even fathom the evil that's in the world you can't even fathom it and so we're, we're with these with these kids and you know some who have been uh, you know, tortured, and uh, we were there's there's the, these three girls, and five of their other siblings had been murdered by their mom, and these three had had been tortured, but this escaped escaped the murdering of their mom, and you know, watching them laugh and watching Rob Mamula and Jody play with this little girl and just and just love on this little girl, and she was so happy and she was laughing, and you you would have no clue, you would have no clue what she has been through. Um, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, and our hearts, our hearts were just like, you know, I mean, watching all the teenagers, I mean, all the, the, I'm just telling you the teenagers wept, you know, Taylor and Ashton and Macy and Ellie and, and Aiden, they just, they just, it was just like, we could not fathom what had been done. I mean, Andrew, you all felt it. You can't even fathom what had been done to these kids. And yet, and then, and then the next day, we're in a rehab facility with the men who had done those things. We're, we're in a rehab facility with murderers and rapists and sexual offenders. I'm just telling you, the love of Jesus, you, know, you would have thought we would have hated them. You would have thought we would have hated them. You would have thought we would have been so judgmental and been like, I'm telling you, the love of God, nobody is too far gone, friends. Nobody is too far gone. Nobody. Nobody. The grace of God is so deep. It's so wide. It's so long. We can't even fathom it. We cannot fathom the love of God. We can't fathom it. It's so, and, and so we, here we are in this, in this rehab facility, and I'm just telling you, I, we, we danced with the men as worship was going on. We danced with them. We wept with them. We hugged them. We embraced them. And, and we prayed for them, and we ministered to them, and we felt the heart of God for these men. And seeing them start to serve Jesus, and seeing you know, one of the guys get, getting up and praying and ministering is just like, wow, God, look what you're doing. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. I remember just thinking to myself, man, I, I, I should not be feeling how I'm feeling right now. But it was love. You know why? Because it was brothers. It was brothers in Christ. And they have received the same grace, the same love, and the same forgiveness that I received. 
And do you know what? That as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed their transgressions from them. Do you know when God looks at those men, what he sees? He sees the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus poured out, spilled out, and covering them in righteousness. Two more scriptures, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to be, I'm going to send you on your way to be missionaries today. Amen? That's who we are. That's what we are. So before, again, before any ministry, before any mission, or before any God, what would you have me do? That, that's the biggest thing in this generation right now, in the generation of, that I see in like, especially I feel like the 18 through 30-year-old through um, generation is there such a focus on like, God, what do you want like specifically for my life? And people, because they don't feel like they have a specific call of God for their life, they spiral out. They're like, God, who do you want me to marry? God, who do you want me to marry? Who do you want me to marry? And there's almost a sense of that God's going to come down and like write it in the sheetrock with his finger. Like, or, you know, God's going to, my beloved son, this is, you know, there's going to be an audible message from the Lord or there's going to be some, some confirmation. And, and, you know, God can do that and he might do that. Um, but, I, but what I sense and then, you know, when we counsel with people, it's almost as if, if we're not on mission, like the mission that Jesus gave us was just to go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Matthew 28. If, it's almost like if we're not on that mission, then it's like we, we can get really confused on what our personal mission is. Now, God has something amazing for each and every one of us. But we don't actually have to wake up in the morning and ask, God, what do you have for me? God, what do you have for me? God, what? I mean, we, we, we ask the, that, but we can be assured that we know that he's called us to reach people that day. So we can actually say, Holy Spirit, would you help me today as I go to the store, as I go to my work, as I go to this appointment? Holy Spirit, would you help me today to see the fields wide unto harvest? Would you help me to share? Now, does that mean someone gets saved every day? It does not. Like, I'm super proud of J-Lo, J-Lo the barber, because J-Lo, every time I go in there, I get my hair cut. Basically, it's just testimony time with some hair cutting because she's just telling me there's another person I just shared Jesus with. I just invited this person. I just, you know what? She's not just a hairdresser. She's not just a barber. She's a missionary. She doesn't have to ask God specifically what to do every day, but God will specifically bring her people because she's on mission. Isn't that amazing how that happens? And then, he, like, it's just amazing. Every time I'm in there, it's like, I, I shared, I prayed, I laid hands on this person, I prayed for them. I, I think there's people here this morning that she invited. Welcome, wherever you are. You're amazing, you're a missionary. You don't have to go to Mexico. You just go to Progress Ridge every morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So it says that here in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Did you hear that? And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. 
We're on assignment. God is making his appeal through our lives, through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. It's our assignment. We're ambassadors for Jesus. Um, let's, let's stand this morning. Let's stand this morning. I hope you feel it this morning. I hope you sense it this morning. How many are excited about salvation? How many excited? You're excited that you're saved? That you've experienced healing? That you've experienced deliverance? That you've, I'm telling you, right? I'm, let me just tell you, right now, God is divinely, by his Holy Spirit, he is drawing people to himself right now. Right now. Right now. And he would love our eyes to not be open to it. He would love for us to be focused on other things. He would love to make it feel like it's too complicated. He would love to do like he was trying to do to April and say, "You're, hey, April, you're not qualified enough. You don't know enough scripture. I'm just telling you, this, this woman right here, was every time we, we turned and we looked, we saw her ministering to people. And there was one time when, when a lady said, man, when, she, when April put her hand on my head, I felt oh, like electricity in my head. Like there was, God miraculously used this mighty woman of God. And guess what? She's going to learn more scripture. She's, she's, because why? She's following Jesus. But, but her mindset was the fields are ripe unto harvest, so I'm just going to say yes to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that once that we were lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. We were in bondage, but now we're free. God, we thank you this morning for the simplicity of the gospel. We thank you that Jesus, you came from heaven to earth. You were the perfect, spotless lamb. You went to the cross. You took every sin, every sickness, every pain, every shame, every disease. You took it in your body, Jesus, and it, and it was judged. You took our place. We deserve to die. We deserved hell, but you took our place, Jesus, so that we could have your righteousness so that we could walk in right relationship, so that we could become sons and daughters and heirs of our Heavenly Father, and we thank you for that. And so now, God, I'm asking you for that we would pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And if I'm gonna pray send forth laborers, then that means I have to join too. So Lord, we're asking for laborers to be thrust into the harvest field because the fields are white unto harvest. God, we thank you for every person that we know that you're putting in our path in the Portland Metroplex, God, that is dying, that's hurting, that's broken, and you're helping to, to reconnect them through a presence-driven church in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, you've called us to be a bridge. You've called us, God, to reach people. You've called us to disciple people, to see people saved, delivered, and healed, and walking in the fullness of their calling. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray where, where things are complex in our minds, where things are convoluted, where the enemy is lying to us about our value, about our place, about the separation of clergy and laity, 
of all that. We're just, there's the leaders and then there's just us. Lord, we just pray you'd break down every wall of separation right now in the name of Jesus. Every wall that says, I mean, we had somebody tell us, friends, that they, they weren't going to start coming to church and, because they felt like they, they didn't know enough scripture. So they were going to learn some more scripture so they could start coming to church. That's the kind of lie that the enemy is trying to plant in people's lives and people's hearts right now. So we take authority over that right now in Jesus' name. You know, Peter and John said, silver and gold have we none, but what we have is what we give to thee. So, so whatever you have, whatever he has deposited in you, that's what we can give to people. And if it's your testimony, it's your testimony. And it's, if Jesus did it for me, he can do it for you. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was in addiction, but now I'm free. I was blind, but now I see in Jesus' name. So Lord, we thank you for a heart, a heart for the lost. And Jesus, we thank you that you are supreme over everything. Jesus, you are supreme over everything. Everything is by you and through you and to you and for you and unto you. And we just say, yes, Jesus. We say, yes, Jesus. Would you just lift your hands really quick? Would you just, be, just begin to say the name of Jesus? Jesus, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I just think of that song, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your gaze upon Jesus. We take our eyes off of our inconsistency. Come on, somebody, somebody needs to hear this right now. Take our eyes off of our inconsistency and place your eyes on his consistency. Take your eyes off of your shortcomings and place your eyes upon his perfection. Take your eyes off of lack and put your eyes on Jesus who is provision. Right now in Jesus' name. Take your eyes off of what seems impossible and place your eyes upon the Alpha and the Omega, the God who does the impossible. Jesus, the Lamb of God, Lamb who was slain. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. There's nobody like you. There's no one like you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for pulling us out of bondage. Thank you for pulling us out of hell. Thank you for pulling us out of mental issues. Thank you for pulling us out of abusive situations. Thank you. God, now would you use us, would you use us to do the same for others? Would you use us to either plant the seed, water the seed, but ultimately we know that it's you that brings forth the harvest. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.